morning. This is the KFBK Outdoor Show. I'm Bob Sims. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning. Well, we have some news on the salmon front, and it's not good. <laughs> First of all, uh, the the salmon stocks have been depleted, and we'll explain why later on. But the the bottom line and it, all you have to do is just lay out the facts for everybody and you will see how California has excelled in very poor management of their salmon stocks. Uh, just, it's, it's almost unbelievable. But anyway, what's going to happen is it's going to severely restrict ocean fishing. Uh, Monterey will be opening in April because the fishing in Monterey is usually good early and not so good as the summer rolls on. And then, uh, as you'll hear throughout the program, the Bay Area, Bodega Bay, Fort Bragg, they'll be opening sometime in June. And uh, they will be closing sooner than normal. The uh, commercial fishermen have been cut back severely, and uh, as they should be. Now, this is no fault of the commercial fishermen. If if the uh, law and the officials say, yes, you may fish for salmon, you make a living fishing for salmon, you go fish for salmon. The problem is, when there's not enough salmon and they say go fish for them, now you're depleting the stocks and you're getting to the point where we, where we are now. Anyway, the commercials are going to get a cutback and there's still no plan in place to count salmon on a daily basis like states like Alaska do. They know the day after salmon's been caught, how many have been caught, they have quotas, they cut it off. They can't quite figure that out in California. It's ridiculous. Anyway, as far as I can see, there's not going to be many restrictions for the river fishermen. Uh, I think the, the Sacramento will open up like it normally does on July 16th. And then a couple of weeks later, you know, up above the Bend Bridge. Um, so so that's, that stays in place, which includes, of course, the American Feather Rivers and the McCallamy. But uh, there's no talk of limiting the number of fish. In other words, there'll still be two salmon you know, in other years, they've said one adult salmon, then one adult and one jack. Well, the jack numbers were way down last year, and that means there's not going to be many salmon this year. But, they, but the river fishermen, uh, j just to uh, give you a general idea, the river fishermen j just don't catch that many fish compared to the ocean fishermen. It's really not a factor. But uh, if there's no fish coming up, it, it becomes a factor for people who like to fish for salmon and the guides and everything. So anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll be talking to Andy Giuliano. He, I know he's hot under the collar right now, but I haven't talked to him in detail. But we'll talk to him in about 10 minutes. Uh, we're also going to be covering um, uh, sturgeon up above night's length. You know, it's just that the stage of the moon, I think today is going to be a new moon, the dark of the moon. And that, for some reason, like Rob Reimers, he likes the, the, the time before and after a full moon. He does not like this time. But we'll talk to him about that. And he'll, he'll also be uh, 
planning on splitting his time now at Orville, so we'll have a good update on the salmon fishing there. And that's going to be a positive story on salmon uh, as we go throughout the season. Uh, the stripers down in the Delta just don't seem to uh, get it going. You know, you see one day and somebody goes over, say, on the San Joaquin, they get some decent fish, maybe six pounds, seven pounds. That's a good fish this year. And then somebody will catch a couple on the Sacramento. Uh, and then all of a sudden it's just one one guy texted me yesterday afternoon he says not a single keeper today lots of shakers no keepers mark wilson who you'll hear from a couple of keepers yesterday that's not what we're used to hearing from mark wilson so um, who knows what happened with the stripers there's sometimes stripers just do this they just make us worry and think that there's no stripers and one day they just show up and the only thing I can say this year is we haven't had the amount of water coming down the rivers that we usually base our striper fishing on and it has been cold it's been a very cold March I don't know if that makes a difference but you know there's no stripers no big stripers being caught in the Delta but the Feather River seems to be getting more big stripers every day in the lower feather, and we'll have a report on that. So anyway, that continues to be a mystery. Uh, we'll check the local lakes. Uh, we haven't had a, a, a kokanee report on Par D because it hasn't been that good, but it's picking up. It is picking up, and we will get a report there. We'll also have a report on trout from Par D, also a report on trout from Amador, where a 16-pound trout was caught yesterday, and yeah, that's right, and a report from Comanche, also a report from New Malonis, uh, the trout there, not like uh, one nice big trout, and the rest the 14 to 16 inches, but that's not bad. Crappie fishing continues to be in kind of a slump everywhere. Uh, probably because of temperatures at Clear Lake, there's some question of on if, if it's just being overfished because they've been pounding on them every day since January. And you have to wonder um, how much can it take? You know, uh, the Lake County, I think, uh, Fish and Game Commission, a lot of counties have their own commission that they make recommendations to the state commission that they wanted to reduce the crappie limit and they were turned down by the the Fish and Game Commission so that's another story um, anyway uh, so the, the, and then we'll also get a kokanee report from Berryessa now Berryessa has been one of those lakes this year <clears throat> I mean I was over there and I saw the amount of bait meaning shad in that lake and it's just incredible we were catching bass that were just, as they say, footballs. We didn't get any big ones, but you, you know, I mean, the, the keeper fish, just, they're fat, they're feisty. We caught salmon um, that were just as fat. And then we weren't fishing for trout, but, but you can catch trout when you're fishing for salmon or bass if they're all feeding on the schools. The trout are nice. Now here come the kokanee. So uh, that, that lake is full of fish, and uh, I, I expect a great, a great 
year from that lake. Another lake, Lake Almanor. Last week we got a hold of Brian Ricucci about midday on Friday and he had just released a nine pound brown. That is continuing. The quality of fish up there is just remarkable. I mean, I don't think yesterday they caught a fish and we're talking almost all browns, less than five pounds. Now, how many of you have ever caught a five pound brown? That's a trophy fish anywhere. So we will hear from Brian as, as well. Uh, it would we'll tell you uh, what else is going on uh, as far as temperatures up and down the valley, as far as where the sea lions are hanging out, which means there's stripers around. There's all these little things that uh, can help you decide where you want to go. Also, places like Kittles Outdoor opened up. There was people waiting at the door yesterday morning for what? Jumbo minnows. Now, what does that tell you? Kittles is in Calusa. Okay. Also, uh, the same thing happens, will be happening this morning at Sacramento Pro Tackle because they got a bunch of fresh ghost shrimp in and uh, and and a, the demand for bait is there. Well, there's no fresh sardines, but they got some seven to eight inch sardine tray bait. This is from Gray Harbor. That's some good stuff where you could bait fish for stripers with that. So people are, uh, take a clue. Anyway, those details and a lot more coming up in the next two hours and 45 minutes on the KFPK Outdoor Show. Thanks for being here. Welcome back, welcome back. Well, last year, the party boat fleet really suffered uh, because of COVID. I mean, they uh, first of all... <laughs> Most people think it was just totally, I mean, it wasn't even ridiculous. It was just plain stupid that a limited number of people couldn't go out in a boat early. I mean, what are they thinking? But anyway, the fact is they lost a lot of money. And they've been trying to make it up. And now it looks like they're not even going to be able to fish for salmon until sometime in June. And a guy that's not too thrilled about it is our friend Andy Giuliano. Good morning. Andy, are you with us? I am. I'm here. Okay, good. Uh, <clears throat> so give us your take on things. Uh, everything the department touches goes to heck. <clears throat> yeah, that's for sure. You know, I mean, I, I would say just, real, you know, down here we have four primary fisheries, the crab, halibut, salmon, rockfish. Rockfish are federally managed. They're in good shape. Halibut, they stay away from. They're in good shape. And the other two, uh, you know, every time they touch it, they they make a bad decision. So, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, for the, we'll, the down here in San Francisco, we'll start later in the last, second half of June for uh, salmon. And there should be some good numbers of fish, so there's a bright side to that. But you're asking the guys to lose, you know, three months of the season, which is a you know difficult yeah. bite. And then if you're going to cut them off early, potentially for crab in uh, in the fall, well, it makes a pretty you know it's a pretty difficult proposition. And for the commercial guys, my gosh, you know that I mean the department's got to take some some accountability for a you know a poorly managed 
crab season, and then if they're lucky, they'll get 30 days of salmon fishing for the whole year. Yeah. And as, as we mentioned before, um, <clears throat> the commercial regulations that, that they set forth were the problem, not the commercial fishermen. I mean, you fish for salmon for a living, and they say it's okay to fish, you go fish. But, but, but you know, there's so many fish out there, and like Alaska has quotas. Well, we don't have quotas. We just have estimates, and they don't check it till the end of the season. It's just, it's just incomprehensible to me. They've been doing this for so long, how they insist on being so incompetent and so naive about it. Yeah, and, and the the models up and down the coast are very inaccurate. The Chinook is a typical one to, to to manage, and of course we know in California we have the water issues in that, and and you know the, until that gets addressed, uh, you know think it'll it'll be a struggle all the way. I think that they have done some changes to manage the water better for the winter run fish, and I think we've seen those fish, the later run arriving fish. I can understand there's a lot of nice salmon in the river. I've seen videos of guys striper fishing right now, catching beautiful, bright Chinooks. Yeah, but but don't say that too loud because there's a few outlaws out there. Uh, Well, you know, they're catching them, and this is kind of unusual this time of year, so I check with the department, and there's no way to find out for sure. But, you know, after every single salmon run in the state was late last year, they figured that these fish, like last week, uh, our friend Mark Wilson in a boat, two beautiful salmon. Of course, they release them. And now guys clear up the river, going up the river, catching salmon while they're fishing for stripers. They believe these are spring run salmon and that they're early. So, and I also found out that the Department of Fish and Wildlife, the, uh, the wardens are aware of this. And I'll tell you, you better not get caught with a salmon in possession, you're in deep trouble. But anyway, uh, go ahead, Andy. Yeah, I think it, it, you know I, I, from some of the guys that I know, I know they'd like to push for a back, go back to a year-round fishery, so they'd be able to target those fish. And I think there's some merit to that. That it's really difficult to predict now when which runs are which. First of all, and there's a lot of debate on that. And then you just don't know what the water releases when the when the fish are going to be in the river. And given that the, for those guides up there that had such a poor you know, fall and summer season, yeah, there's, that's certainly worth having some dialogue about. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think the people at the top of the department need to really look at themselves and um, and you know, do a do a gut check on the on the job that they're doing. The, the biologists and enforcement people that we run into are always are always really solid people and sincere, and they're helpful. But I think the direction from the top um, needs a change. There is no direction from the top. <laughs> well, there isn't. I mean, no, I come don't. on. I mean, I mean, this this is part of California who has reinvent, reinvented the word failure in all its policies, not just fish and wildlife. My goodness, it's just yeah, it's just the people are going to get sick of it at one point. <laughs> Well, I think we're approaching that. You know, we look, if you look at the 10-year history, there's a lot of things that have failed, more than that should have. And we understand that it's not a perfect world, and you're going to yeah. have things that aren't going to go. But if, yeah. you're gonna, but if the state's going to end up, and no offense to Collins Lake because I love the place, but if everything's just going to end up with a put-and-take fishery, and that's the way the state's going to end up as, then they need to really double-check their, their, their process. And Yeah. And I think we're coming. I think you'll see. I would be surprised. I would say right now, I would be surprised if we have the same people in charge 
in 2022 that we do right now. Uh, we've been saying that every year for the last 10 years. Yeah, I, and I think, but I think we're coming. I mean, I think this one. There's a lot of of disgruntled undercurrent that's you know, up and down this this coast yeah. for you know, and every turn, every corner, nobody's happy. And you know, and 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 even for the guys down in Monterey, they're concerned about the amount of, amount of pressure they're going to get granted for the for Seattle yeah. because that's going to be the other. The guys inside the bay know that the halibut are going to get hammered on because that's what people are going to do because they're going to go fishing. So, you know, it has a lot of repercussions up and down, a lot of unintended consequences, as you say. So, you know, it's it, it's a big state, and there's a lot of great outdoor activities. Fishing is one of them, and we've got to try to protect it. Yeah. Enhance it. Well, you, when you think of it, you, California has got such a variety of potential, and <clears throat> you don't have to be that old to have lived when fishing for just about everything we're talking about has been very, very good. We expect the ups and downs, but when our own management team is so inept, it's frustrating. And, you know, and the perfect example, Andy, is back to the Alaska thing. Within two days of a salmon being caught, the Alaska officials know it. They're not going to take a chance on what happened in California the last two years where there was a total of 244,000 salmon caught that the department did not count on because their estimates were low. Well, if they had a a daily uh, thing, a computer thing, anything, uh, they could have cut that off. That's 244,000 salmon that didn't make it up the river. And now we're talking about low salmon stocks. So that's that's how bad the management is in California. Yeah, and the and the that's just in the you know those are mostly Sacramento fish. The Klamath fish is the really the one that we've had a lot of problems with this. Sure. After and that, that, yeah. And that, and that one needs that one needs to be addressed from a water yeah. standpoint too. Really bad, really badly hey. managed. Andy, we're going into a break. Could I ask a big favor of you? I want to find out about halibut fishing. We didn't. Ha- Could you hold on for a few minutes? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we'll be back with Andy Giuliano of Fish Emeryville right after the break. Don't go away. We're talking to Andy Giuliano of Fish Emeryville. We didn't get a chance before the break to talk about the halibut fishing. I think the first boat went out yesterday, Andy? Yeah, we actually had a few boats out in the Bay Area this week. In the, early in the week, the fishing was, was pretty gosh darn good for you know the first or second week of March. There was scores up to a fish rod. A high boat had 16 halibut, which was, you know, I would say phenomenal for the first week of March. And then Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, we had we had a little rain in the middle part of the week, and then yesterday the scores fell off to about a handful, five to seven a fish, a boat, and uh, but we're running we're running trolling trips here for the balance of the month, both on the regular boats and the six pack boats, and uh, we don't know we don't have an update on the on live bait when that's available, but I would expect sometime in the first part of April for that. But, so are you trolling with like tray bait? Uh, we're trolling with tray herring and tray anchovies. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do, do the guys use little dodgers early in the season? Uh, on the smaller boats, the six-pack boats, you can get away with those. With those small, uh, I call them like Shasta Lake dodgers, you can yeah. fish with those certainly. And uh, some of the guys <clears throat> use a variation on the on the uh, 
for their bait holders. They'll use rotary salmon killers, crippled anchovy heads, uh, all different types of uh, things to hold the baits, or you can just use a sliding hook rig to get a nice little roll on the bait. But uh, Yeah, okay. But yeah, I'm real sure nice fish, great weather and yeah. So you you are you are you taking some midweek trips? Yeah, we actually have one of the boats. We have full. It's full on Monday, Tuesday, and then they've got some room Wednesday, Thursday, and uh, and then in the weekend it starts to fill up again. So people want to get out. I think you know. I think just as a general rule, you can feel that up and down the state where people are ready to get out and, and uh, shake off the winter, shake off the virus. Yeah. Like that and have a good time. That's for sure. Plus a chance for fresh halibut. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, one of the best. One of the best. And then, as you know, April first, we'll fire up the rock cod boats and uh, we'll start tearing the, tearing apart the rock cod. Yeah, we'll talk more about that next week. Alrighty. Okay. Thank you, Andy. All right, Bob. Thanks. Have a great weekend. Andy Juliano, Fish Amber. Here's a, here's the number to book a trip. Area code five ten six five two. Three four zero three. <clears throat> well, we've been dying on the vine with striper fishing, a uh, few spurts here and there. But uh, three weeks ago, that school came in great fishing for a couple days, and they've dispersed, and it's a hunt and peck thing. However, somehow a bunch of nice sized fish have gotten through, and they're now being caught in the lower Feather River. And not everybody can fish it because the water's so low. But I talked to Mike Searcy of Johnson's Bait and Tackle in Yuba City about it. Mike, when we talked a couple of weeks ago, there was a few nice fish, stripers, being taken in the Feather River. And water or no water, it just took two weeks, and now there's quite a few nice fish being taken. Where are they? So the fish are still showing up between Verona and uh, East Nicholas. I do have some guys catching some fish above there, but because of the low water flow, there's like a bottleneck right there at East Nicholas, so I think it's keeping a lot of the fish below that. Okay. Um, they, they just got to, I guess, just hang out and, and make up their minds for a few days before they go up some of that skinny river, I guess, huh? Yeah, they've been holding in some deeper water uh, during the day, and then at nighttime they're coming up into those shallower banks. Uh-huh. And uh, but I had a couple of guys down uh, just above Verona uh, yesterday, and they got uh, three fish between 15 and 20 pounds. Oh boy! Uh, they all yeah, nice fish, uh, beautiful fish, and they all came on glide baits, um, and they ran across a couple of schools. Um, so. And like I said, those schools are kind of bottlenecking right there below East Nicholas. Yeah. Well, you know, um, the thing about that is you got that, what, what they call either beer can or tin can beach, whatever you want, which is the deepest hole in the whole river there on that big bend. And then it goes up into that big, shallow flat that <laughs> I don't know how they would get up there, but... Uh, that, it, that's evidently the reason for the bottleneck, huh? Yeah, and it is tough. I, I got to tell you, guys need to be careful and uh, and look at the water conditions. Um, and uh, unfortunately, you know, if you have a jet and a big boat, uh, you really you can't slow down. You know, you're just going to have to get through that stuff. If you slow down, you're probably <laughs> going to get stuck. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, so without a jet, even in a small boat, is it out of the question, or, or can you? 
I don't like think it's fourth. out of the yeah, I don't ahead, think I'm it's sorry. out of the question, Bob. Sorry about that. I don't think it's yeah. out of the question. Um, and, and, yeah, like those 12- and 14-footers, even with an outboard, uh, they should be able to get through certain areas there. They may have to trim their motor up a little bit uh, to get through it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, they just got to keep their eyes open for sure. Okay. And, you know, there are some areas along the bank between Verona and Nicholas that uh, that will hold fish even in the daytime, uh, a little bit deep, deeper cuts, and then sure, and then and and then in the in the first hour of daylight, and especially as it gets dark, like you say, uh, they'll move out of there. So all that water two feet deep is worth worth trying. Well, you know, all these fish right now, because of the water temperature, uh, they're all here to feed. Um, yeah. These fish are looking for food. Uh, they, you know, of course, they come up to spawn, but uh, we haven't gotten even close to the, the spawning temperature yet, thank the Lord. Right. Um, so, uh-huh. um, but it's just a matter of, of uh, you know, my, my theory is if, if you don't go, you don't know. And so uh, be the one to make the news, not to, to read the news. Well, now, can somebody put in, say, at uh, Star Bend? and fish that nice deep run in there? I mean, if, if they didn't want to venture, I mean, that's a pretty nice hole in there. I, I wish I could say they could, but Star Bend right now, getting out of that launch ramp, it's about six inches deep. Okay. So I have seen guys do it with jets, but with a prop, it might be one of those things where you'll have to push your boat out, and then when you come <laughs> back in, yeah, there it, you, you, there's some maneuvering to be done in the river this year. Uh, so, so beside glide baits, any other thing that get any surface activity? There was a little bit of surface activity. I haven't heard anything in the last week. I know that some guys have been getting some fish on some jerk baits, um, which the jerk bait bite has been extremely popular the last couple of years now. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, you know, it's uh, with COVID going on and everything, it's a struggle to get some tackle, but uh, we've been able to uh, acquire some of the uh, most popular items that you can use out there. So, but between the glide baits, uh, jerk baits, and I haven't heard too much on a swim bait bite, particularly like the five inch swim baits, uh, that hasn't happened yet. The worm bite hasn't happened yet. Uh, and I haven't had too many guys uh, going out and fishing with minnows. So it's pretty much down to, you know, throwing some bigger baits and, and maybe doing some trolling with a bomber or something like that. That's Mike Searcy of Johnson's Bait and Tackle in Yuba City. That number, 530-674-1912. You know, there is uh, um, plans to do some uh, <clears throat> sediment removement in the Feather River uh, just below town there because when Orville Dam spillway broke loose, it just filled the river. you got to get rid of it. Uh, it's terrible for fish life, but the state officials don't call it dredging anymore. They call it sediment management. We'll be back with Mr. Dan Bacher right after this break. Welcome back, welcome back. Well, there's been lots going on with just about everything. I'm curious to see what our friend Mr. Dan Bacher is focusing on. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. Well, I've been focusing on uh, 
the, um, the PFMC meetings this week and the results. And, and uh, as usual, the PFMC got their press release. The Pacific Fisheries uh, Management Council. Okay. Right. Yeah, they uh, got their meeting uh, or their information out before the Department of Fish and Wildlife, but they did get it out relatively early. I didn't. Uh, I think it was Wednesday they got it out, um, rather than uh, uh, Friday at 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. So that was good. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> did you get it? Yeah. No, not. Yeah. No, I didn't get the PFMC, but I, I did hear all about it. We just talked about it with Annie right. Giuliano, but uh, uh, continue. Okay. Um, well, the thing thing that struck me about the whole thing is, you know, we got these dire um, projections, and I know in the there was a press conference held by uh, the Golden State Salmon Association with different uh, uh, salmon groups, fishermen, and there, they uh, pointed out that the you, you know to sum it up, the recreational anglers north of Pigeon Point, which is in San Mateo uh, County near the Santa Cruz line, can expect a loss around 40% on their normal season, while commercial fishermen are expected to lose two thirds of their season. So it's going to be pretty dramatic changes. The only yeah. the only one. Um, the area that didn't get changed a lot because um, they're further south and they don't have as big impacts upon Klamath salmon because that's one of the major um, major constraints upon fishing this year besides the low Sacramento numbers and winter uh, run Chinook impacts is the Klamath run and they found out that there's or the studies show that there's a lot more Klamath salmon being caught in the San Francisco area than there is in Monterey. There's not that many relatively down in Monterey that are uh, that are being caught. Um, so, so you know, it's the details won't be out till April. Um, they've chosen three alternatives, but the only, again, the only. Um, section of the coast that's going to get a rel- have a relatively intact season is the Monterey region, which is from yeah. Pigeon Point south. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So, and um, one thing that struck me is that you know as we get this press release from the Department of Fish and Wildlife, the CDFW supporting two plans, the Delta Tunnel. And the Big Act, Big Act back voluntary agreements <clears throat> that'll only make things worse for Sacramento River Chinook salmon, as well as Central Valley steelhead, Delta smelt, and a bunch of other fish populations. And at the same time, this year, the state government and the federal government are planning to export five million acre feet of water from the Delta to water contractors during what appears to be turning into a drought year. Well, wait a minute. um, Let's remember this. Last year was a drought year, 
And yeah, he didn't take none of the the state or the feds didn't take any precautions on holding any water back. And the end of year <clears throat> reservoir levels, the Shastas, Orville's, Trinity, Folsom Air, were far, far, far below average and stayed below average. And uh, and now they're going to uh, export even more water. Well, it's five million acre feet. Is 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 a lot of water, but it isn't record. That's uh, I get uh, over six million acre feet. But the bottom line is the drought year, and it's two million over the maximum amount of water that you can uh, export from the Delta without serious, um, terrible impacts upon the fisheries. And that was this uh, developed several years ago by state yeah. and federal. Biologists. So how why how are they able to do this then? Um, because they can. Aside from the fact that they're crooked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so that's the big context that this this uh, fits into. Um, so I mean, on the one hand, the Fish and Wildlife decides the fishing regulations, but on the other hand, they uh, they support support a number of uh, policies and actions that... Uh, well, why do you think they do? I mean, it just points to one person. The one person that does not stand his ground on behalf of the fishermen. Who could that be? Our friend <laughs> Chuck Bonham. <laughs> but, uh, per- I mean, it's... Per- perfect compliment to the Newsom administration. A total failure. It's, um, you know, I mean, this is a thing that has happened for many years. It's not, you know, even happened before. It happened before, before uh, Bonham. But it's, it's. I mean, it's just crazy. It's been, it's been evolving. I know it's been evolving. Well, Dan, I'll tell you, it's, it's. um, (laughs) We go through this all the time. Hard to believe. You can't make this stuff up, as you say. Uh, but if they're going to do that, we're going to be in dire straits at the end of summer. So anyway, thanks for your insight there. And I okay. think we ought to follow through on this a little bit more next week. So uh, yes, have at it. Thanks, Dan. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. Dan Barker. Not a pretty sight out there, is it? Okay. We'll be back after the break with Sturgeon News. <laughs> 